0: With the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad.
1: So, you're thinking about starting a new website? Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to tell someone or sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography, or maybe you want to start that new podcast. Ah, huh? that's <laughs> a great idea. GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first
2: year. That's impossible. They're always 99 nine ninety
1: nine, or twelve they are ninety nine, but right now GoDaddy's offering one new or transfer .com for just $1.99 for the first year. On the
2: actual internet, or is this some BS sub-internet?
1: No, no, no. this is GoDaddy.com. Right. We all use GoDaddy.com. Everything I have is on GoDaddy.com. I know. And each new .com comes with a free instant page website and a built-in photo album, so what are you waiting for? I don't Get believe it. Get your new website started today.
2: I think it sounds like a scam. It can't possibly be Go true. GoDaddy's
1: not a scam. They have... Uh, Uh, that hot check, Danica Patrick, for Mm -hmm. their stuff. So it's not a scam. Plus, I use it for everything. It better not be a scam. (laughs) Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code FORK at the checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website and you're all set to go.
2: Fork you if you don't take advantage (laughs) of this incredible GoDaddy deal.
1: I'm going to take advantage of it.
2: Welcome to A Fork on the Road. I am Mark DiCarlo, and next to me with fangs is the lovely and talented traveling diva, Yeni Yeni Alvarez.
1: Alvarez. Woo! And we are coming... Loving Comic-Con.
2: Live from Comic-Con 2013 in San Diego, California.
1: Which is amazing.
2: It's... Phenomenal. Filled with... Incredible. Strange people flying their freak flags.
1: Great costumes, fun celebrities, signings. Uh, limited edition, everything, cool bags, great stuff you can get steampunk, uh, uh, toys, comics, Lego. It's incredible.
2: What I love I'm is th- there's, it, people seem to be not at all self conscious here. Back when I was going to high school, if you were a nerd, you kind of kept it quiet. But here, everyone is just joyfully weird.
1: Geeks are cool. That's all I can say. Well, about
2: certainly that. here. This is the center of the Geekiverse. And uh, the costumes, people role-playing, old people, young people. It's, it's, uh, this is my first time ever at a Comic-Con, and it is... It's Not your last. Well, it's very strange. Um, did a panel here Thursday night with Rick Overton, very funny guy, uh, member of the Sideshow Network comedy is hilarious. team. hilarious. Uh, Overview with Rick Overton is his podcast. I've been on that show. That was great. And Yanni's here just scoping around. Why are you wearing fangs?
1: Because I always wanted to be a vampire.
2: Well, here, vampire is a tame thing. Yeah. We've got a great show lined up for you. We've got Rob Paulson, the voice of Pinky on Pinky in the Brain. We've got J.M. Kenny and Scott Devine, the producers of Necessary Evil, the DC comic villains. That was a...
1: Documentary.
2: Documentary that premiered the other night that we saw that was great. And some other surprise guests. And we're also going to just talk to regular people here about why they chose to dress up, spend $100 on a costume, and drag their asses down here.
1: Because it's fun and it's fantastic. And you get to role-play and cosplay and everything else.
2: Now, what, Ooh, is, what, at, it, what is cosplay?
1: Costume play. It's like role-playing with costumes on. It's fantastic. You, you get into the entire, the whole character, not just wearing a mask, but it's very, very well done. A lot of people spend the entire year prepping for this weekend.
2: Because they're, they're not wasting their times with things like jobs and dates.
1: This is actually really cool. You have to look around, okay? Look at the costumes. Look at the, the time that they put in it. Look how fantastic they look.
2: It, is, it, it really is a feast and for the on. eyes. It's
1: fun. This it's is a the greatest lot of fun. Place you get to dress up. You get to be a superhero. Look well, at that guy. Yeah. He's uh, wearing uh, Ninja Turtle stuff.
2: Uh-huh. Some people dress up and then play the character, and then some people just kind of dress up and mumph along as themselves. That's, that's what I think is kind of funny. Um, what was your first Comic-Con experience? When was it, and why were you here?
1: Uh, I was doing the voiceover for a cartoon. It was uh, called Guardians of Luna, and I was one of the main werewolves. And I gotta tell you, howling was a hell of a lot of fun. I like howling at the moon.
2: Uh, I've not chosen to wear a costume here. Sadly. Well, well, I I don't have a, a Muppet costume hanging in my closet to put on.
1: I'm sure you can find your favorite character And wear what your favorite character wears I bought the most amazing goggles I'm totally into steampunk And I met one of the One of the artists of um, A cartoon And doll called Monster High And the artist is Kelly Riley And she gave me this phenomenal steampunk Girl that I'm going to take a photo of And post it on the website Now
2: for people that don't know, what is steampunk? Is it a fashion style?
1: It's a whole genre a whole I, what? Genre. I can't say that with my fangs. Genre. She's
2: wearing fangs.
1: I can't say it. Do I sound different?
2: Yeah, you sound like a vampire. I
1: love it. I want to suck your blood.
2: So we're going to go around Comic Con. We're going to talk to people. We're going to find out why, when, where, and how. Although there are other Comic Cons around the country, right? There's one in Connecticut. There's one in New York They're City. They're
1: everywhere. The New York City is also Comic Con. The Anaheim one is WonderCon, coming, uh, I think, in March. There's, uh, there's tons. You just, you know, Google it. They're all over the place. There's a major one, Supernova in
2: Australia. But Ooh, this is guy. the granddaddy of them all. 2013 Comic-Con in San Diego, California, and we are there.
0: Genius, the others insane. In laboratory mice, the genes have been spiced. The dinky, the
3: dinky, and the brain, 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 brain. brain, brain. Before each night is done, their plan will be unfurled by the dawn. Son, take over the world.
2: man of a thousand
3: voices rob paulson welcome to a fork Yay. on the road thank you honey i'm talking to your beautiful wife <laughs> <laughs> you call her honey i call you cupcake got that <laughs> thank you what a pleasure to be here and you're beautiful by the way you guys i don't know how many of you are stalkers of the lovely DiCarlo family, family they have got a pitching <laughs> crib. <laughs> you do we don't have too many stalkers.
1: Too many stairs.
3: Well, uh, yeah, because stalkers would die walking up the steps. I got right. a nosebleed, but it is beautiful. I mean, you have done such a great job. It is a.
2: It's it is, beautiful. It is nice to be here away from all the uh, Bailey hoo of the Comic Con that R- we just finished. Exactly.
3: Okay. Great story. Like now that, that was
2: weekend. my first Comic Con. It oh. was Yetis. How many comments?
3: Kind of I them? have no idea. Oh, honey, here. I didn't. Oh, so you've been a lot to oh, a yeah. lot of, oh. many, I'm a full fledged geek. How many have you been to? Uh, this is my 20th one. Get out. No, and we went.
1: That's tw- a lot more than me. Well,
3: uh, I went 20 years ago initially to promote Animaniacs. Mm. So it's 20 years since that show has premiered. We're
2: going to talk about that. I want to talk about Pinky, but for, for the for the six people who have no forking idea who you are, <laughs> I get it. Uh, can you list some of your more prominent. Characters,
3: cartoon characters. Yes, there's Yakko Warner from Animaniacs, which is making any <laughs> smile right now. Hello, nurse. <laughs> um, my friend Pinky, who's bouncing around in my head. With oh, My dear friend Maurice Um Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And oddly enough, 20-odd years later, now I'm Leon- um, Donatello on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've done... I'm a two-time turtle. I figure if I live to be 100, I can knock out all four of them. You're your <laughs> own brother, as someone yeah, said the other day. isn't that weird? Yeah. I'm my own brother, which is some, happens in in kind of um, West, yeah, West Virginia, maybe Appalachia. For those of you who are listening on, on orange juice cans and string, <laughs> I'm sorry for the reference. But yeah, I was an extra into... Li- oh, he's t- i the didn't talk about you pal um so i've been two turtles i uh i i was with my friend marky di carlo i was uh, um um what the hell was my name Di-carl carl Weiser. Weiser. you were mr neutron yes I and was. i got to be um i had a big crush on your wife which was kind of <laughs> creepy <laughs> yeah i i just saw not Luna. unlike now right exactly right, not yeah right so now i have uh and I'm, carl was very close
2: to the lord wasn't he
3: Oh yes, in fact Jesus helps me trick people. <laughs> you think that's funny? We call up um, the pharmacy and say, Hey, do you have Sir Walter Raleigh in a can? <laughs> well you better let him out and then we <laughs> hang out. right? They know. So no, I, I'm telling you, the Comic Con thing is an incredible experience and uh, I have now been around long enough to Twenty. Have, yeah, twenty of them and well like Yenny and I were speaking about, you know, earlier, it, it's 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 gotten to a place where it's, uh, it's become this enormous marketing tool, which I think is great because it's clear that all the studios, whether the animation or live action, whatever, absolutely respect the power of that giant fan base. Huge. Right? And it's a very committed... Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. I saw no casual fans this weekend. Not at all. And, when, and, when you
2: dress up like Chewbacca, when it's 100 degrees outside, dude, you're not
3: a casual well, fan. Well, and you know what else? I, I I don't care how many of them I've gone to. I'm always left with one unassailable... A truth. And that to me is It hurts that, when you pee? Well that true that too, but only as a result of getting a little older. But in terms of Comic Con, it I, I, I really believe that um, spandex should be a privilege and not a right. <laughs> oh, so, I have pictures for you. Right, honey. And and I mean I'm not I'm not a big tub of guts, but there's no way I would shove my body in a Captain America costume <laughs> you know. And because you want to say, dude, did you do you not know how to work a
2: mirror? Half the right? people there, again, this is my first Comic Con, so my I, I have weird first impressions, but half the people there looked like the comic book guy from Simpsons trying to fit into a bikini.
3: Right. And 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 the thing that, that is lovely is that you go there and I I, I go there with my you know, with my sort of jaundiced eye of being a middle class white guy looking at people, and then I. But then the part of me who is a geek like everybody else, who loves the work we do, we love. Uh, you know, we love Stan Lee, we love superheroes, all that cool stuff. I get sucked into it too, and and I look around and I realize not only are these people that literally pay my mortgage to whom I'm eternally grateful, mm-hmm. but I. You, you know, you're a hockey player, you're a sports fan. Me too. I don't care how many sporting events I've been to. I don't care if it's a soccer game, what hockey, whatever. There's always a fight. I have never, ever seen any violence at Comic-Con ever, ever, ever. There were 150,000 extra people in San Diego this weekend. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they camp out overnight. They stand in when line. Oh, we left, they do. When I we left the first overnight. day, there
2: were people in line for the next morning's Isn't that secret like, session. Like buying the tickets. And
3: the secret person was Stan Lee. How about that? And and what's great is that people can, and, and myself included, and I think folks out there understand that, you know, I I, I, I really do kid because I, I clearly understand who does butter my bread, literally. But the truth is, man, that this is the, not only the most committed group of people, but never, ever, ever is there any violence. It is such an incredible experience mm-hmm. to go see this many people who are purely happy just to be there expressing themselves for their favorite cartoon character or walking zombie or whatever it is. And it's great. A, a, one thing I noticed was people were completely
2: unself Unselfconscious. Co- Absolutely. Weird. Because this this is the
1: time that you get to be whoever you want to be. You get to dress up. I don't care if the costume, there were costumes, there were how many Batmans? Yeah. How many Riddicks? Right. People remember Riddick. That's right. How many Captain Americas? Mm -hmm. How many um, Wonder Woman? Right. And they're all, they're all from Wonder Women? Would it be Wonder Wonder Women? women. I think it's Wonder Women.
3: Well, you marketed a character this year called Wap Man. Yeah. It was nice. Which is great. And and you all had the Italian-American people outside protesting. It's the only sort of quasi-violence I saw.
2: And I would rinse out my hair and use that oil to line the pan before baking the pie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But some of them were, like, I saw a blue Batman that I had never seen before. He was
2: sad? No. He was
1: completely blue and he had a blue (sighs) mask and that was from the first, the the blue Batman from the comics, not Batman from the movies here.
3: I... Blue Batman. Yeah, that's what it was. And it was. <laughs> I did not so, expect I'm sorry, that. honey, you so teed it up on me. I didn't expect that. Well, honey, I did not neither did Batman. Neither did he, which is why I got great seats in line for his panel. He didn't expect that. He said, oh, Excuse me, so oh, And by the way, his panel came okay? back clean, so you okay, Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate that. And by the way, it's not Batman. He's actually a Hebrew superhero called Batman. Really? Yeah. Spider-Man, Batman, Aquaman. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: So the costumes were fantastic. No,
2: they are. They, and people just walking the halls with their freak flags flying, which maybe 20 years ago they would have been which is just fun. in their parents' basement. You celebrate G&B. that. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, that was one thing that was surprising to me, is that people just were yeah. who they were, walking around, dorky as possible, enjoying rubbing elbows with uh, their heroes. Uh, it's
3: the greatest. And I so respect... Not only the, uh, the 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 fan base and the fact that that you know they are, they can be very like any other fan of any other entertainment thing. They can be fickle and choose not to watch something. But man, we've all been involved in projects that fortunately people have paid attention to and have had some staying power. Mm. But it is wonderful to see people who, as Yanni said, are completely unselfconscious about about the And whole. they
1: appreciate that you take the time to go there and something? sign something yeah. for them or give them a hint of what's going on, yeah. see a preview of a show mm-hmm. that they love. They ask these incredible questions. They really they ask do. ask really good questions. They're yeah. smart. It's a smart
3: audience. Oh, it's very smart. You can't and
1: take them for granted. No, no,
3: no. And they also, I think the studios understand that too because they know that 150,000 people who go there, and you saw, you're on the floor, you saw the pre- how big the presence is of of Warner Brothers, of DC, of ABC Television, right. Nickelodeon, which is um, it was, um, it was Viacom, right. you know. They're all there understanding that everybody that walks by they're no buying idea. stuff from They're us. buying stuff. Everybody's got their little Twitter. Dude, I walked up to uh, the Lost panel and it was, or not Lost, but whatever. The, yeah. the, the zombies at the AMC Walking Dead panel were so cool and they tweeted out and all of a sudden 500,000 people hear about the cool zombies at Walking right. Dead. It, it, is, it is an incredible marketing tool, mm-hmm. a great celebration of pop culture. And I'm telling you, and I, funny. And great, Just funny, a funny yeah. weekend. And
1: smart. I mm.
2: like that. Lots of different constituents, too. There were the cartoon people that I, I particularly am drawn to. Then there's the sci-fi,
3: Yeah, nerdy. which is my thing. That's your thing, like Ooh. axes and heads and oh. zombies and no, all no, that no, stuff. No, 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 no.
1: That's horror genre. Yeah, you don't... You like and the, it. Sci-fi. And I'm talking about lost vampires. Oh, right. I'm talking about being human. My freebie was there. I got to see him from far away. Oh, I no, couldn't you, say, hey, you're the, my freebie. Now the, you have to sleep with me.
3: <laughs> cool. I love the way your marriage works. This is great. <laughs> were there um, uh, people from... Um, uh, what's the, uh, the the one on, on... Is it HBO that...
1: True Blood? The,
3: yeah, is that...
1: Oh, it was packed. Was there a big True
3: Blood this year? Mm-hmm. It
1: was... Yeah. I mean, I was lucky to get in. Yeah. It was gigantic. It was yeah. packed. And people, you could hear a pin drop at points yeah. because How they were listening that? to everybody. The the two main guys were not there. But it everybody else. It was like maybe 10, mm-hmm. 12 of them in the panel. They... I think they stayed to sign after they gave. They have uh, giveaways. Isn't that great? It was fantastic yeah. to see them. It was.
3: And you enjoyed it. I absolutely did.
2: We went absolutely to the uh, the great. panel for um, Necessary Evil, the documentary oh, about the DC great. comic villains.
3: Oh, I didn't know. I didn't hear.
2: And the the what really impressed me was the level of attention to detail that the writers and producers have towards their characters and the respect they have for their audience. Really, they're not just throwing shit together.
3: They're, they're honoring no the wingings. past, the, of the, the mythology. Yes, yeah. You they're,
1: have to. You right. have to because the audience will respond to that. They're very discerning. Yeah. Well,
3: I'll tell you what. They'll call I, you I've on been, it. Having been a two-time turtle, I got to tell you, uh, I give a lot of credit for, to Viacom, who ultimately, you know, bought the franchise and started and, and released it, and I think is doing really well. But mainly because they respect the mythology of the turtles, they respect that now there is an audience just for for characters that I've done because I'm, I'm an older guy now and I've been around for a, a, you know, a, um, a generation. So just for the characters I've done, I have an audience of seven or eight years old as a result of the new turtles or things I'm working on for Disney Junior mm. to 50 for people who love Animaniacs or The Tick or any of that stuff that I did 20-odd years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I go to, I get, the, the, the coolest thing is I'll get people like this weekend, there are a lot of folks online for turtle stuff, and dad would bring his original Ninja Turtle action figures from 1990 when he was 14, right? Wow! And now he's there with his five-year-old, who's crazy nuts about the new Ninja Turtles, right? And they both watch them together, and they and, bond, and they bond, and it's the greatest thing. And but they're both into it, mm-hmm. and uh, and and they when the the older guys that like the first iteration, people around my son's age and older, 28 to 35, whatever. The ultimate compliment is they come up to me and say, dude, I got to tell you, I didn't want to like this because we know nostalgia is an incredibly powerful emotion. And even though you don't know anybody's, nobody's going out of their way to screw up your childhood. Your parents have done that for you. See, there's my therapist therapist or my parole officer right there. But the thing is, when those guys come up to me and say, I didn't want to like this show, but it's freaking great. And I love it. My kid loves it. I've shown him the original ones he loves that mm-hmm. and we're all having a ball with Ninja Turtles 25 years later because of the fact that the producers respect the audience well yeah. and let's be honest uh, you've got
2: incredible talent and skill oh well, no Let, I, let's let's shine the light I, on yeah. the, the the funny not only do you are you physically able to do a bunch of different voices but you're you're one of the funniest oh, people thank you, buddy. I've ever met and you the the, the fact that one guy, is responsible for Yakko and Pinky and Carl and all these other characters. I mean, a gener- generation before you yeah. and I, there was one guy. Let's say Mel Blanc, right? Mel, yeah. Maybe well, maybe Stan Freberg, yeah. Dawes Butler.
3: Yeah. Certainly less yeah, than I five. Mean, right? Yeah, but at Warner Brothers, and the, and, the, and the, probably the best known classic cartoon characters, with the exception of of, of uh, Mickey Mouse, were all done by Mel. Right. Yeah. One guy. Like one guy. And yes. I
2: think in, in in today's landscape, you are the closest to, well, you know, Tom Kenny does a lot of oh, yeah. funny pieces, uh, funny characters, but you you have this great sense of comedy and whimsy and you, you're, the performance that you get for these characters. Thanks, is, buddy. Is eternal as Mel as Mel Blanc is eternal. Well, that is those in my opinion, those cartoons will be funny.
3: Well, three hundred years from today. Thank you. I mean, I I, that is high praise coming from you because you, I, you know, I, I respect your comedic acumen and your incredible taste in women. <laughs> <laughs> um, clearly, you're married above your pay grade. But you know what's really fascinating? Can I just tell you, you guys uh, listening to this will get a kick out of this. I, 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 thank you very much. I think that, you know... And I'm, you're ridiculously humble as well. Well... And um, too nice. I'm, you got to be more of a... Shut up, asshole. There you go. I, but I... Um, I also know, and I think part of it is that, you know, having done a, quite a bit of animation yourself, w- you know, we are an integral part, that is, the voice actor is an integral part of the character. But, dude, I can't draw them, and I'm not a writer. I mean, I'm a good improv guy, and you're a terrible yes, you improv guy. But I, um, I, I'm not, I, I don't create the visual, you know. But, but I do think that the connection um, with the voice is something that, that happens to be uh, uh, sort of eternal, especially. Um, if it's a good character, and and a great example of that was, I remember when you, you were kind enough to invite me to your wedding here, your wedding celebration and all that, and um, uh, was it your birthday? No, it was your fiftieth birthday. Yes, birthday. Yeah, you didn't go to the wedding. I didn't go to the we wedding. Did send you good me, did cast me, and happen? I was out of town. You were at the, at, up at the in uh, Ventura, Camarillo, right? Or, yeah, Camarillo. Uh, Camarillo. Yeah, I want Pat Brady went, and I yeah, couldn't go. I was out of town. Um, no, I was here for your fiftieth birthday party. And that was a fun night. What was so funny was that. The, what Mark really wanted me to do was to sing Yago's oh, World. Yeah. It's like you got that this great that group of best. actors here, and I'm thinking, celebrities, and he hasn't done this for twenty comedians. years. There's
2: no way he's going to do it now. I, I see a Comic Con, everyone that walks and past you On the
3: street asks you to sing. Yeah, it. I know. well, I, listen, <laughs> the problem is when people stop asking. I, I was so flattered that I mean, you had some real celebrities here, man, and I'm going, oh my god. My friend Marky wants me to sing Yakko's World at his 50th birthday party. And then afterwards, all these guys are coming up going, dude, that was ridiculous. Yeah.
2: And well, what's the, the fact yeah, that you could a... do it, people probably don't know this, but as you're, when you're recording com- cartoons, there's two, three, four takes mm-hmm. sometimes when you get stuff done. People that know Yakko's—what what is it, Countries of the World? Yacko's World. It's called, Yacko's yeah. World. Rob recorded it on the first take, and that's the take they used in the cartoon, true right. or false? True. And it's two minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah, about, yeah. Of... A nonstop barrage of singing
3: bizarre country names. Well, and the, the thing is that the, truly, uh, the, the magic of that is the song that's crafted so beautifully. It's well written. I but mean, there are a million good singers in L.A. I was really lucky that, that I got a chance to sing it. But Randy Rogel, who wrote that in many of the Animaniacs, most of the Animaniacs songs that people know, um, he crafted it just beautifully. It fits together like this. And... He just sent me one the other day that he wants me to record with all the new countries that have sprung up oh. since that song was written, since the, the, the... Can you give me 16 bars of the song? Oh, sure, I can sing you um, uh, United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Canada, let <laughs> Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela, Andorra, Skiyana, and still, Guatemala, Bolivia, then Argentina, and Ecuador, Chile, Brazil, Costa Rica, Belize, Nicaragua, <laughs> Bermuda, Bahamas, Tobago, San Juan, Paraguay, Uruguay, Suriname, and French, Guiana, Babylon, doesn't Guam? Yeah. So it goes on for a whole
2: bunch. So complicated. And it's just people you you did it at the pinky and the brain thing to close out the show. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. People lose their friggin' minds. They go
3: nuts. It it is. It is. And 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 rightfully so. It's hard to perform. It's an amazing song. Well, I I, I, it isn't anymore um, because I've done it so much now. But uh, it is a real crowd pleaser. And it's fascinating when people say to me, you know, does it bother you when people ask you to do that? And my God, you know, we're performers. The problem is when people stop, right? Right? I yeah. mean, those of us who are lucky, you have a beautiful home paid for with show business money. Yep. How many times a week do both, you know, we walk through ourselves and go, oh my God, I am the luckiest guy. With all due respect to Lou Gehrig, I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Because we literally get paid to do what used to get us in trouble in high school. <laughs> and I'm hanging out with people who are personal, close friends of mine, right? Uh. Well, Yenny. Jenny. <laughs> And,
1: um, Who used I, to watch you when we were little? I know. I don't want to really myself.
3: freaky. Talk about Rob in the Crib. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, she's man. Gotta, I don't she's got to study myself. for final I soon. was going to say, <laughs> for Yenny, she's got a Play Doh Fun Factory. So <laughs> I
1: used to watch the Ninja Turtles, and
3: I told you. Los Tortugas Ninjas? No, it was in English. Oh, okay. I was in the
1: U.S. by then. Okay. It was 1986.
3: That's right. Well, 87 is when we started recording them, so they really hit in about 89. Okay. Yeah.
1: okay. I was watching them, and I remember ordering pizza and getting um, vanilla ice cream on the pepperoni pizza. Right. And that was actually
3: really good. Was it really? Did you ever well, try it? No. I did Ninja Turtles cookbook? Only when I've had extra Vicodin. Then I will try <laughs> anything. Here's what I wonder. Yeah. When Bruce Springsteen is
2: driving down the street, and a car pulls up ne- next to him... <laughs> Blasting Thunder Road mm-hmm. with the person in it listening it and totally grooving on it. I wonder if he gets some sort of satisfaction in the the, the process of actually hearing that great yeah. piece of music and going, wow. That's cool. That's that's, that's really- a great song. Yeah. And divorce- is he able to divorce himself from the, the nuts and bolts of what it took to make it? Got it. So when you see these cartoons... Yeah. Are you able to enjoy them like a fan or do you listen to them like, ah, I did No, you know what?
3: Ah, yeah. Well, I I, I You think, know what I mean? Yeah, I do because you and I had the privilege of working together on uh, Jimmy Neutron for, what, three, four years or something? Yeah. Five years? Which was a great show. That was a great experience. It continues Oscar to... Oscar-nominated. Uh, totally. And, I mean, that is a very...
1: Against... Uh, um, who was Shrek an animated, beat
3: us. Yeah. Shrek well, and
1: some... What else was there? There was something
3: else. It was, uh, that was the first year they had an, uh, an Oscar for animated features. Mm-hmm. And what was so great about that show was that it was created from the ground up. We were there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The show... Uh, um, th- um, Positive role model For the nerdy kid At the uh, center of it Thank you Thank you Yeah But the, but it was essentially It was a movie first
2: Right? We were. I think we recorded the movie Then they were producing the movie And they they realized What Let's they had series, Then we started doing the series Which
3: went on forever Like a hundred episodes Or yeah. something like that Yeah And it got nominated for an Oscar And it made What a couple hundred million bucks Yeah No celebrities Um in the, uh, the 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 titles, now, I mean, I think Pat Stewart, Patrick Stewart, and Marty Short were in you know cameo roles, mm-hmm. but the line, all of the main roles were journeyman actors, people who are good at their craft, and we did nothing but laugh our asses off yeah, every fun. session. It was fabulous. But um, that the reason I'm saying that is because that's one of those where every now and then I'll be flipping through something and Jimmy Neutron will be on, and I'll watch it. It's freaking great. It Holds up beautifully ten years later. Yeah, to change animaniacs really is no different i don't see how you can fail because um but I, does it make you laugh can you sit down yeah, and watch I, an animaniacs well, you know about yeah. bobby um uh, pat brady's husband and, and bobby and i i went over to pick something up at pat's uh, pat, and, pat and bob's house the other day and he said let me show you how big of a geek i am and i said well you're pretty large geek <laughs> large, physically large and then he man. pulled down his pants yeah, and showed well, I his the, that's, thing. that's right what and give up show business <laughs> oh. i don't think so So he showed me his TiVo thing on on the TV and his TiVo had every episode of Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain on his TiVo. He said, because it's back on the hub now. It's on the hub network. Mm -hmm. So he said, I got a hold of all of them. And and I had plenty of time. I said, I would love to watch an episode because I haven't in the longest time. So we watched an episode of Pinky and the Brain that was hysterical. It was very funny. It was uh, um, Maurice... Absolutely at his finest. Um, Pinky was uh, singing um, um, some stupid song, but the animation was lovely for TV animation. The jokes were fantastic. Soundtrack, the music, everything. Oh Jesus Christ! If you very want to go Carl Stalling-ish, totally. And and we need to mention the fellow who was responsible for that. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away, but his name is Richard Stone, and Richard was absolutely. Uh, in the same ballpark as Carl Stalling and Milt Franklin. He Those was are the such guys that student, did the Warner Brothers coaching. Right, And we had, on Animaniacs, we had 40 pieces for every half, thou- half hour, which is unheard of anymore. And I went to maybe two dozen recording sessions of Animaniacs scoring sessions. They used the same piano that Carl Stalling used. The same physical same piano. Same physical grand wow. piano. Wow. was tuned every week. They used the same sound stage, which is now called the, the Clint Eastwood Sound Stage, but it was the uh, Clint Eastwood Scoring Stage. But it used to be where all the Warner Brothers stuff. And I'm telling <laughs> you guys, <laughs> total. <laughs> when you see Yakko running up the steps of the water tower, and the xylophone guy goes, or they cut to Yakko and he he sees some pretty girl and goes, "Hello, nurse." And they cut to him and his eyebrow raises, and the violin guy goes, "Oh my god!" And all of that is charted. All of that is is written down. These people are so incredibly gifted, and so. And nowadays, with with cheaper
2: cartoons, one yeah. of the f- first things they cut is the, the original music, music budget. budget. Yeah,
3: and 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 there are still people incredibly gifted. It just is not unless you're, you know. Uh, um, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and he was. He produced it. We had uh, Gene McCurdy running Warner Brothers Animation. We had Tom Ruger producing it. We had. Uh, Andrea Romano, eight time Emmy winning director, Andrea she is Romano. I love her. She's amazing. Isn't she wonderful? And she
1: gave me my first cartoon.
3: Oh my goodness. Well, I'm telling you, honey, that is a great girl to have in your court because yeah. she's like all of us. She's um really, really gifted, really lovely, but completely devoid of pretense. Right? And and she that, seems very cool. That's what I she's love amazing. about what and we she's do. She's so, so much. good. She's so good.
1: I, it, but I went to one um, animation workshop at Disney, mm-hmm. and that's when I started working with Disney. That's how I got all the theme voices. I'm the Spanish voice that tells you to keep your hands inside the vehicle.
2: Oh my at all god! Times over Give me a little taste. No, no
1: please. I'm no, this taste. is not about me today. This is not about me. So, um, Andrea, Romano, I don't think people
3: listening will believe you uh, unless you do it. Baby. No, go ahead. no, no, I insist. I won't speak anymore unless I hear you say it in, <laughs> in, in Spanish.
1: Por favor, mantenga las manos, brazos, pies y piernas dentro del vehículo y cuida los pequeñitos. Gracias. Mom, I don't speak Spanish. What am I? Sp-
3: Ow! Ow! My arm! I'm bleeding! Why didn't you tell me? Yeah. No, just I- say something. No, it's it's but it, it, it's it, it's great when we all know this, and it's becoming more and more known by the public, and that is that the people with whom we work on a regular basis and i'm talking about in animation now because that's my area of expertise and you've done a lot of it Yenny's doing more and more of it the, the thing that's thankfully, cool
1: thankfully now they're putting more latinos well, which i was going to ask about good
3: actress, you know it does i mean a, a, and that's what's going to help you out i mean y, y, there are a lot of good you know uh, hispanic actresses and yeah. actors in la so it's like anything else but man none of them are to. doing animation except me that's right good for you but it's because you're except good me. they can hire a lot of people you don't sell yourself short it's because you're good but the thing is that we find, that people are finding out because we all go out there and we go to Comic-Cons and other cons around the world and all that is that this group of actors, and many of whom cross over from on camera as well, but this vibe, they are the nicest, most unpretentious... They're like give, hockey players. Like hockey players. I've met a lot of professional
2: athletes. Yeah, And there are some sports that, in general, the players are assholes. Absolutely. I've never met an asshole hockey player. Isn't that the truth? They're, they're, they're thankful. And I think it's because to be a hockey player your parents have to drive you to practice at five in the morning that's for right. so long, you respect the family unit and you I respect other people's true. sacrifice. And it's the same thing with with voice actor. Yeah. I think for a long time, voice acting was viewed as slumming mm-hmm. or, geez, I can't get work on camera. Totally. Maybe I'll do a cartoon. You, you talked about that a little bit at the Pinky and the Brain thing. And now yeah. uh, I think uh, getting our due as... I mean, in, here's a... Yeah, here's except
1: a, when you have somebody like, what's his name? Maybe this is easy. All right, give me a
2: line. What's my line? She's angry at Chris oh Rock. My, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, to no. he's saw him in him. the Oscars? Yeah. He's an well, idiot. Well, well yeah. She loves it. I think yeah. in the history of the English language, this, may, this this was definitely true 20 years ago. It may not be true anymore. The, the person responsible for the most out loud laughs mm-hmm. in the English language, who, who, who would you think that would be? Responsible for the most out loud laughs? Well, um, people guess Johnny Carson. Yeah. That they would guessed be my guess other people. I say that's what I would say. Because those cartoons have never stopped running since the forties. Great. And they're funny. Yeah. And timeless. Timeless. So people will still be laughing out loud at that stuff. Right. Now that I think maybe now, maybe in five or ten years, I think you're in that mix. I think Tom
3: Kenny's in that mix. Who else? I would think Who are the, who's the funniest Welker, guy? Welker's in there. Welker, of course. Welker does so much stuff because he can do monsters. He's you know Optimus, he's um, Megatron on Frank Transformers. Frank Welker, we're talking about. Uh, you know monsters, dogs, and all that stuff. I, Tom Kenny's in there. Um, I'll tell you who's going to be someday is Jeff Bennett. He's another one who's just crazy gifted. Dee Bradley Baker, John DiMaggio, Billy West, Billy West, yeah. Um, uh, Maurice Maurice has won back to back Emmys for Futurama. Um, he's a pretty incredibly gifted fellow he seemed very sweet the other day was he an irascible fellow earlier in his career no 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 he never was Mo actually you know I gotta give him a lot of credit I I just love him anyway but I've I've worked with Maurice 500 times and I've known him for 25 years but Mo um, actually was was really not feeling well the other day and I don't think anybody noticed it he pushed right through and then he even got up and started dancing at the end um, but, no, he was never irascible. I think Mo had what a lot of stand-ups have, and you know this because you've done stand-up. Mm-hmm. I never did. I did a lot of improv and a lot of live theater. But um, sometimes stand-ups, um, th- there is a dark, angry side to a lot of stand-up guys. You know. And some people develop an
2: adversarial
3: relationship yes, with the audience, that's which right.
2: I never understand. No,
3: I, I, and I don't either. But you, but you, And I don't, I'm not to say that Mo had that, but I think Mo was surrounded by a lot of that. But now... And, you know, he's surrounded by people who not only respect his work, but they really love him because Mmsh. he's just an incredibly gifted guy and bright and completely, again, devoid of pretense. And, uh, and what, like you said, it's all, what we do is nothing but smile inducing. You know, when I walk up, there was a, a if I'm at a, a social event or playing golf or whatever and nobody really knows what you do and hey you out here playing golf on a wednesday you mark de carlo's uh you know pool man and you may i know that you make a lot of money doing that <laughs> I said, no no I, i'm an actor oh really i have voices cartoons blah 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 oh really anything i've heard of and i said well you know probably you know if you had a tv for the last 30 years there's probably something you've heard and so it always happens like oh my god i'm a maniac are you kidding me what did you do i said well, i'm uh, yakko how you doing and their guy just like <laughs> are you kidding me or, yeah. or, pinky in the brain, are you fucking kidding me? Dude, guess who I'm playing golf with? And then they make you say it. Of course. You talk to my business partner, egad, hey hello Maurice, hello Bob, how are you, Narv. And of course, it's so flattering, but what's great is that all it does is make people happy. Yeah. It just. And, and I'm sure the thing happens to you with Hugh mm-hmm. Neutron. Mm-hmm. When people go, oh my God, your Jimmy. Talk Jimmy's, to my kid, yeah. Totally. Call my kid up on the phone, are you... Are you Really? Hey, you want to talk to Jimmy's father? And you're doing that great. Yeah, hey Jimmy, when you just you know have your seizure disorder working for you. But honest to God, there was nothing about it except happiness, and what a great position to be in. You're right, and I don't ever want to take that for granted because it's uh, uh, your point about the Warner Brothers stuff is great. My parents have both been dead for a number of years, but. I used to watch Looney Tunes with my dad. Mm-hmm. He would be laughing his ass off at, duck season, weapon season, duck season, fire! <laughs> <You know? laughs> and to think that they and, timed those jokes oh. with a razor blade.
2: Oh. Back in the day, for people that don't know, that, that was all recorded on reel-to-reel mm-hmm. tape. And then some guy would sit down with the reel-to-reel audio tape yeah. and glue it to the, 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 the celluloid Literally. of the cartoon yeah. and time out the timing
3: of oh. the jokes. And if you're off by two frames... Doesn't work. It's not funny. Yeah. The, the, Chuck Jones genius. Yeah. Bob McKimson, Bob Clampin. And those guys, I think
2: they established at least one generation, maybe more of people's senses of humor. I think the you're right. The timing of the the material and just the way they made things funny not only was funny, but imprint at least on me imprinted on me, oh, this is funny,
3: yeah, this is not funny, right, and this is funny because of the boom. oh, totally, and I think that it absolutely inspired a generation of actors, not necessarily just voiced actors. Phil Lamar was on my podcast a while back, and he is you know well versed on both sides of the camera and mm-hmm. mad TV and movies and you know, uh, did Broadway? He was in the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway. He's a very talented fellow. He, um, he Yale grad, Broadway. really bright. Wow. Good kisser. Very good kisser. And <laughs> and he, you know, because he's African American, he makes the best grits oh, in the world. The best. And he loves it when and I and good kissing and good kissing grits. <laughs> right. Kiss my grits. <laughs> right, right. That's <laughs> so I'm going to write that down for my next iteration of flow. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I remember that we were inter- and you know we get we were taking questions from the internet and. Uh, Somebody said, you know, who are your inspirations and who, were, who are your favorite actors, and and it was fascinating. He said something that I will never forget. and It was perfect. He said he listed a couple of actors. Said, you know, one of my favorite actors of all time is Bugs Bunny, not Mel Blanc, Bugs Bunny, and 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 he explained, and I totally get it because it was such a seamlessly produced, beautifully done, organic. Oh,
2: character. you never, yeah, you never thought that you there never, was a guy right. doing Bugs Bunny's. Voice. Absolutely, it was. Real. You
3: can look at Bugs in an eleven-minute cartoon. And you can actually think that that's a little slice slice of his life. You can you can envision him when he's done with his c- cartoon, going back to the rabbit hole, reading a racing form. Right. And so he said, "No, I, one of my favorite actors is Bugs Bunny. His timing is impeccable. He can be a smartass. He can be romantic and charming. And I, I, and it's it's absolutely true. And so I think that your point about this this uh, humor." um in terms of the animation stuff was imprinted on certainly on me I don't even think it stops at animation not I think at it's all. it's
2: for me it defined what is funny funny and it's weird because Yeni did not grow up with that same background mm-hmm. she grew up in Cuba and then came here when she was 10 years old I think Fidel Castro's hysterical. he is with the oh beard like from uh, a night at the even opera oh there. there exactly but Let's she, she there are certain things there. that I think are hysterical that she doesn't get she doesn't get Python right she does is my
1: but I don't understand Right. But, uh, it gets lost. It goes from British to neutral English right. to my Spanish with my accent. It's right. somewhere in there. I get I half the joke. That, well, that and that, that makes that
3: fun. But, but, it you makes get, sense. But, but you get the Warner Brothers stuff. Well, yeah. 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 Well, what's not to get? It? It's universal. It is. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's
2: cool about it. it so is. What makes you laugh now? I mean, you're, you're. You're. Sometimes I find it hard. Like if I go to a stand-up comedy I club, you. yeah, I, it's hard for me to just enjoy the comedy without hearing it and apart, analyzing it and yeah. seeing
3: the, you know
2: what I love, chart, you know I, what I, mean? I,
3: I, I, really, I still like, uh, I'm, I always like it when I'm surprised by some new guy on SNL, um, because all my heroes from that show were, you know, the folks who all grew up listening to, but also one of my close friends years ago was Phil Hartman Ugh. and Phil called me the day he got SNL and said, you're not going to believe this man. I know he'd gone to audition for, um, uh, so talented, yeah, the, for uh, uh, oh, Ground, for what's Groundlings? his name no well, he was in the groundlings, but news radio, uh, yeah, he was in that too, but uh, that was after the guy, uh, Lauren Michaels, I knew ah. he had, I, kn- I knew that he had gone, he called me up and said, dude, I got in, and he 's you're going to hear about it tomorrow, and it was great, so anyway, but the point is that you know Phil was one of my heroes and all that, but I'm troy McClure. Uh, incredibly <laughs> gifted um, but the but I, I, you know what show I really get a kick out of now is and I would do anything to be on is. Um, Portlandia, you've seen Portlandia? Yeah, Fred Armisen. I mean, oh, fantastic show! I love, I love that really dry, kind of um, absurd and dry kind of stuff, which is probably why I like Python an awful lot. Loved Peter Sellers; he was my hero. The, the Goon Show. Um, I love Modern Family. I think that is meticulously cast. It's beautifully Funny. written and just packed so tight oh, with comedy. Yeah, and you don't, and they don't wait for you. They just keep going, right. and I love that. Faulty Towers was like that. Genius. No Faulty Towers sure. was 30 minutes of comedy, not 22 minutes for commercials. It was 30 solid minutes. It was 50 minutes crammed in into the 30, 30 minutes. Into 30 minutes, right. And they don't wait for you, you know, and I love that. I love smart humor. Um, I I, um, I still can go back, and, and, you know, when I was a kid, all my heroes were people like the folks I've mentioned, but also Red Skelton, um, Jonathan Winters, um, Mel Blank, June Foray, the Rocky and Bullwinkle crew, um, Bill that was Scott, Jay Ward, those people were definitely heroes of mine because their timing was impeccable. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, Jonathan Winters and, and, and Red Skelton and uh, Woody Allen, all those guys made me laugh. And there are new people around too. I was watching a guy last night uh, in the hotel whom I'd not seen before. I've seen his name because Jeff Garcia, who was Sheen, mm-hmm. does a lot of work and he's very successful as a stand-up. Stand-up, yeah. But there's a guy, uh, a kid, um, I say kid because he's probably 35, but um, have you heard of, uh, have you ever seen Gabriel Iglesias? Yeah. Yes. The he's fluffy fan.
1: comedian is hilarious. He's he does wonderful. a bit of Cubans. Have you
3: seen that? No. He, I didn't. It's hilarious. Cubans and going down to Miami and the Cuban coffee. He was great. Hilarious. He was by and large, I mean, I'm not a prude, but I, and it doesn't matter to me one way or the other, but the guy probably went 15 minutes before he said anything that was suggestive or sexual or anything like that. Right. And, and... All of a sudden, I, I sat back and said, God damn it, that's really cool that a guy in this age, in this day and age, when it's all about shock stuff and mm-hmm. see what you can get away with. He was, I loved him. I thought he was great. And he didn't give a shit what I think, but as a fan, I was just going, wow, I, this guy's terrific. I'm to no give him a, call. a I'm going to tell him that. Please. I, no wonder he's got an HBO special. He's yeah, great. He's very funny. And so I, I love that because I don't go to comedy clubs only because I'm, you know, I get home and I'm tired and I want to hang and i'm working on my own stuff doing more personal appearances but uh um i'm always looking to be you know thrilled and impressed john john dimaggio is one of those guys that i've had the good pleasure of working with for years but he's a funny dude stand Stand up where where can people see you live well thank you for asking um i do my show uh i have a podcast called Talking tunes um T-A-L-K-I-N apostrophe, T-O-O-N-S. You can get it on um, iTunes under TV and film. You can get it on my website, which is Rob Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N, live.com. I also have an app, the Talking Tunes app, so you can get it's free. has all my podcasts where I'm going to be performing and all that oh, great. stuff. And now, for the last month, uh, John Lovitz is a pal, and John asked me to do my podcast live at the John Lovitz Comedy Club at CityWalk every Wednesday, which is at Universal Studios, Universal CityWalk, right? So, and it's really great. Is it? We're also partnered with UStream TV, so that we do we kill a bunch of birds with one stone. We do the podcast every Wednesday uh, from eight to nine thirty Pacific Daylight Time uh, at the club, and you can get tickets at the John Lovitz uh, J O N L O V I T Z the John Lovitz Comedy Club.com. Or you can watch us, if you're not in the area, you can watch us on Ustream. That's uh, e, the letter U, stream TV. And people can watch it live. Yeah, they can watch it live. Ustream TV on uh, Wednesdays at 8, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Um, but it's really great because we, well, you and I, I think, have talked about this, and I certainly know that other actors uh, have. When, when, when we're working on Jimmy Neutron or anything that we work on together, you've been kind enough to invite me to some of your live things downtown, and I love doing that with you. Um, but we're always doing this stuff and we know that people are watching because we're working and right. they're buying action figures and they're buying video games but how often have we looked at each other and said, this is the freaking show this is the show inside this, the studio with you and me and Debbie and Jeff and and Jeff and, Megan. and yeah, that's the show so for years I kept saying that then I had some time and I, I thought I'm going to make my own podcast clearly you don't have to be an MIT grad to do it clearly right? Thank God you got Yenny here. Right. <laughs> and I, so I thought, I'm just going to lift the curtain and shine a little light on here. Because on my little iPhone, I've got everybody's number who's ever done this, whether it's Mark Hamill or Nancy Cartwright or, you know. Right. And it turns out that we were right. People love to hear from the folks who voice their favorite cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. They love to hear the stories, especially from those of us who have been around for literally a generation. Because I worked with. Um, you know, uh, Mel Blanc once or twice. I've worked with What you. was that like? Oh, that was incredible. I think twice. I worked with him on Smurfs. And I walked into the session one day and I remember Gordon Hunt, who uh, was. From a, WKRP in Cincinnati. No, that was Gordon Jump. Ah. <laughs> Good for you. Nice touch. Poor Mark. Here, drink this. You'll be regular and. Yeah. And so. Uh, uh, oh, Helen he, Hunt's dad. Gordon Helen Hunt's, Hunt's dad. Hunt's who used to be the theater, of, uh, the director down uh, at the. Um, Uh, that Mark Taper he used to direct all the live theater but then he became the man at Hanna-Barbera Smurfs Johnny Quest you know all that stuff for years and years so Gordon gave me my real breaks and uh, we were working on Smurfs and he said hey that was your first big cartoon no the well the first one I ever did was Transformers and no G.I. Joe G.I. Joe I was a couple of soldiers on G.I. Joe then I did Transformers the first hit uh, the first big show I worked on was the second iteration of Johnny Quest, which I remember watching as a kid, Right. ABC Friday Nights. Who were you? I was Haji. Let me hear. Careful, race, a pterodactyl. Ah! Yeah, it was Luke <laughs> Race. Who knew that a guy from Flint, Michigan, which is now bankrupt, not unlike my hometown, Detroit, Michigan, <laughs> is now the voice of Haji. <laughs> but, uh, so that was my first sort of big show, but the first big, big you know, thing that I got to create from the beginning was uh, Turtles. But Gordon gave me like one of my first breaks and 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 he and I remember I walked in. He said, Hey, uh, Mel Blank is here today. And I said, Oh my god. Is he gonna work you know with everybody else? He said, Sure. Do you wanna sit next to him? And I said, That would be a pleasure. And so he was old. I think he died at 89, and he was probably 87. So he was doing something. But I'm telling you, as soon as he opened his mouth, it was transfixing. It was otherworldly in the coolest possible way. I mean, he's Mel Blank. So, I mean, obviously his reputation preceded him because I'd seen him on The Tonight Show and all Mm -hmm. that. We were talking, you you made the great point earlier about about humor. I mean, you know, Johnny Carson was our guy. Yes. The guy that I, I wanted to be so many times. But when Mel would come on the show, Carson was a mess he just laughed his ass <laughs> off because Mel would start doing his uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> car starting or his bit that he used to do with Jack Benny about C, Sue, Sue, C. What's your daughter's name? Sue. Is she Spanish si. C, sai Sue? Genius, right? And so we know how. But, but irrespective of that, just him opening his mouth made me crazy. Same thing with Don Messick, June Foray, who is now, God bless her, 96 years young, is Rocky the Flying Squirrel. Right. Right. And um, so the thing that's great is is the people have really embraced the podcast, which I know they are you know yours as well, because you get a little insight into into this world, and then you find out the depth of which these characters have had this profound um, impact, yes, on
2: millions of people yes that's that's what I think is amazing. you know when, we think we're going to work, and we're, you know, we're goofing off. We're reading the scripts, and mm-hmm. then we go and we do something else and something else. But when it comes back on you, oh,
3: like at Comic Con,
2: right? Yeah, at Comic Con and other places like no, that, where so people really can uh, shower you with with. Uh, and it, it, it happens to me too. I've met a sure. couple. You know, I met Jimmy Stewart once. Of course. And you want to just tell them how great. It, bah, 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 bah how great you yeah. were and how would have a difference and it sounds trite when you say it but it's actually true i mean groucho marx i yeah. i never met him but he imprinted something on me that right. has been a, a net positive in my life oh, clearly so it's it's great to see uh you and, and other friends of ours soaking up that love oh, and i think thanks, it's well deserved and it kind of you
3: know it humbles at least it humbles me it totally humbles me i i'm i'm I don't even know how to explain to people uh, how much I really appreciate the fact that they've not only paid attention, but that they want to tell me how much they like right. some of the work I've gotten to do. And I'll tell you, you were talking about hockey players. I mean, you know, you and I are desperately—you know—you are a much better player than I. And I haven't played because you years. stopped playing. Why don't you start but, playing again? I'm too old. You're, you're young, not too you're old. A young, so you got the young girl here that. I don't play. You should come out and play. <laughs> oh, Paul LeBoir is <laughs> 85 years old and he plays he every day. Yes. Please tell him I said hi. I will. you come out and play well, yourself? I, maybe I will because I really miss it. I haven't Cooley played in playing again? five years. I know. I had Dave on my podcast. What a nut job. You know. He's he not great. funny at all. No. Can't, poor kid. He's another guy from the broke city of Detroit. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is that I, 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 I was taught... Just by example of the way, you know, you and I have gotten to play with a lot of celebrity hockey game things with Mm -hmm. players. So we get to see how all of our heroes handle being who they are and how they are so graceful in handling the public. And my hero, you know, was always Gordie Howe. And and, um, I will never forget, it was a great, as if I needed reminding of how humble and and, uh, full of humility he was. I remember years ago, um, he invited me up to a... uh, Uh, softball game fundraiser autograph thing in Vancouver one Mm -hmm. summer and I had gotten to know him and his wife Colleen very well um, because his grandkids were big Ninja Turtle fans and so I got to really be close with my boyhood idol. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Hockey. Mr. Hockey. The Gordie Howe who is now 85 years old as well. So we're up to this thing and man this is the most I I, I use that example matter of fact I even used his words this weekend uh, because somebody asked me the same question and, and, and it went like this. We were sitting in this line at you know in this table the huge line I was signing turtle stuff and of course Gordy is a god and he was signing everything else young fella came up about my age I was probably I don't know 32 33 at the time fella comes up and he says uh, thank you for signing my puck Mr. Howe your hand must be getting tired and Gordy looked at him and he said not at all son it's my pro- I- I've worked too hard for this privilege now he was probably 65 at the time 66 right And it's not hyperbole to suggest that he may have signed a million autographs. I would say more. Probably more. Okay. And he responds with, I've worked too hard for this privilege. And literally this weekend, and we were doing turtle stuff, and some little guy came up to me and his dad said, man, your hand must be getting tired. And I said, not at all. I've worked too hard for this privilege. It was almost automatic. And as soon as I said it, I said, wow, that imprint was left with me. And so because of what you said earlier, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I have zero patience with people who are lucky enough to attain a certain level in their chosen career. Which is all about, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Exactly. So that if you choose, you're a great baseball hitter or you're a great golfer or you're a great hockey player or you're a great actor. And then you actually have the added bonus of becoming successful. And then beyond that, generating a modicum of success and fame that, you know what, unless it interferes with the way you, your family is, your children or whatever, then you, you, it's not only incumbent upon you, but it is a privilege to have people come up to you and say, dude, I got to tell you, Pinky got me through my chemo treatments. And I hear stuff like that. And how, how can you even quantify that? You just go, I don't know what to say, but you have made my day by telling me that my goofy little cartoon voice Got you through your chemo treatments, you know? So, yeah. man, yeah. I mean, I'm just so grateful for that. And we don't even know all the people uh, to whom that's happened, you know, that, that we've, the work we've done has had right. that kind of effect. So, when we're lucky enough to have those interactions, I, I relish them because it goes by like this. And your only, f- you know, flavor of the month, if you're lucky once or twice, if, man, if you've actually made a living and you're getting into your, you know, where you're getting AARP membership <laughs> things in the mail, and you're still working? Dude, we're incredibly lucky. Yes. You know? And we are
2: incredibly lucky to uh, have you in our lives uh, and thanks, to be able buddy. to have you on the podcast uh it's it's uh, I I'm I'm honored to call you my friend. Oh, I enjoy you. You're one of the funniest people. I know a lot of funny people. You do, as you saw at my party. And <laughs> oh, God, I <laughs> you wish are, you guys could have been at this party. It was are,
3: like it was like one of the old Dean Martin roasts. <laughs> that's what I wanted for my birthday. Yeah, no, a roast. you
1: wanted a talent show. I said I'm sure he wants a roast Oh, so but I had you had resin. kick-ass
3: talent. Yeah, there were there.
2: funny people here. You have phenomenal and people. You are there. at the top of that list. Oh, you're hilarious, you, and uh, I'm so happy that you are. Being able to reap the benefits of your many thank years you. of comedy hijinks. Well,
3: thank you, buddy. And you know, just on, on, on my last imparting, I, Amway's not just soap anymore. Really? Just so you know, things haven't been going quite as good as you're relaying to the audience. Uh-huh. So, I'm sorry. It's really good soap. It's really good soap. It's Amway. I'm also doing Mary Kay. <laughs> And so, and thank you for the kind words. It's not going quite as well, but I'm hopeful that tomorrow I'll get an order. What's your app again? My oh, my app is—it's just Talking Tunes. T A L K I N apostrophe T W O N S. Go to the app store. You can get it for um, Android or Apple devices. Fantastic. And it's free, and it will give all my podcasts. And if you're in LA, come out to the John Lovitz Comedy Club. And uh, uh, this week we have John Dimaggio on. Next week is Tom Kane. The following week is. Uh, um, Tom Kenny and then after that I think it's James Arnold Taylor and then Mark Hamill so we've got a lot of bunch of really good cartoon folk coming out that's awesome and um, Mark actually is uh, the valet Mark you're the valet mm-hmm. there, right? I get to drive all the really nice cars
1: it's <laughs> awesome
3: no dude but good for you with the podcast congratulations thank you Robin Yay, thank you Yanni and Mark I really appreciate you having me on it's a joy, and I am so grateful to have you in my lives as well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on A Fork on the Road. That's Rob Paulson,
2: R-O-B-P-A-U-L-S-E-N.com. He's hilarious, but in real life, he's a total jerk. I am. I am. I can hear you. Oh, <laughs> I'm still here. Oh, damn it! We're done. Bye. Bye. We are at the Comic-Con. 2013, talking to JM Kennedy and Scott Devine, the producers of Necessary Evil. The is it a, is it a documentary? Is it a DVD? It's a celebration of evil. It is a celebration of That's, the evil. That, that one. On its surface,
4: doesn't sound very good but it's great. Why? I think people love the supervillains. They want to they want to kind of live vicariously through them. So they do all the bidding for us.
2: And specifically we're talking about the supervillains, supervillains <laughs> in the DC comic world. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Of um, which there are thousands and thousands. You are you are the aficionado of the comics, right? Uh, that yes, I'm the resident geek. Okay. How at its peak, how big was your comic book collection, your personal one?
0: Uh, personal collection, about uh, about eight thousand books, about seventy boxes, had its own storage unit, and uh,
2: yeah, it it was a beast of its own. What would your date say when you brought them home to meet? There were none. Yeah, uh, that's where I was <laughs> <going> <laughs> you
0: even had one. dates. Yeah, uh, yeah. That usually that that was something that you say for uh, a little later in the relationship. That's not a good way to open. That's, that's not All a, come ex- on over, look at my comic book collection. Burr. Burr. Look at
4: that's a couch made out of uh, first edition comic books. <laughs>
2: You'd be the first girl to sit on it, <laughs> hey, and it's a full-out bet, too. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, so, I'm busy. Check out my Batman <laughs> sheets. So, what's the full title of the piece? Necessary Evil, Supervillains of DC Comics. And uh, we just saw the, we saw a 22-minute teaser of it last night at Comic-Con. Great documentary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, narrated by Christopher Lee, a, a character actor who has no peer. Living, really, right? Correct, yeah.
4: I mean, it was a great, it was a great opportunity for us to get him. We, uh, We put together an entire pitch for the show, and within the pitch was uh, a list of names of people that we thought would be ideal for this. And Christopher Lee was at the top of the list, and the folks over at uh, Warner and DC Comics, that would be uh, Paul Hemstreet and Derek Maddalena. We all just circled the name and said, let's go after him, and we weren't sure. You know, he's 90 years old.
2: Um, He's still got such a great voice. Unbelievable,
4: and and he's so... um, the words I'm searching for. He's so with it, you know, that... Ironically, he, you had problems coming up with that word, whereas he probably would he not. Probably
0: would have said, and he would have said it fantastically. And he would have said it slower.
4: <laughs> and um, so we, we spoke with his agency. They were
2: wonderful in helping us out, and he said yes. Uh, now, I, I know nothing about the comic book world. Um, I, I see maybe 20% of the big-time superhero movies, yet I was totally fascinated and excited to watch this documentary. What I, what I didn't realize was that the, like the comic book world of today seems to be analogous to Greek mythology and Roman mythology. It's the same stories. It's like Joseph Campbell. Those same stories just keep being retold with different skins on them. What would you say to someone who just does not give a shit about cartoons and comics? Why should they watch Necessary Evil?
0: Well, I mean, the thing about, about villains, and, and you said that uh, before, they're, they're timeless. These villains, they are the modern-day mythology. Okay? These are really well-developed characters, very organic. They have you know, long history great backstory, very compelling villains, very three-dimensional. You know, the people who say they don't like comics or don't like cartoons, just think about those, you know, those one-dimensional, you know, snively, whiplash, twirling, twirling the mustache kind of guys. Right. No, these are well-defined
2: characters and truly very interesting. So, And that's really what came out in the documentary and in the panel discussion afterwards, that the creators of the characters, um, like Jeff Johns, like, like Jeff Jeff Jones Jones right, people, uh, really love all their characters, the good guys and the bad guys, and imbue them with all these human traits and, and rationales for doing all the horrible things that they do.
4: Well, I think to jump on what Scott said is one of the things that we we went after in the documentary was as much as it's a... Uh, 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 as much as we're giving a lot of respect to the fanboys, the people that are in the pocket, we also want people who are not necessarily um, Knowledgeable of these characters, not fan geeks. Let me say it for you. Sure, um, to, not that to, there's anything joy with it, that. No, not at all. And to enjoy it, and the reality is, we knew the fans would 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 glom onto it because they want to see more and more about more and more of the villains. It's not just the same five villains that you're familiar with. It's tons of villains
2: that we cover in the documentary. Mr. We refrigerator. Some of the, <laughs> name some of the funny character names that we heard last night. The bad guys. Mr. Banjo. That's um, a real character. That is a that is, is a
0: real character from way back when. It was it was a guy who uh, played a banjo, and I I believe it was like a World War II. Uh, sorry, he would like put out uh, military secrets or whatever in the banjo streams. Uh, I mean, if you want, I mean, there's so many villains. Great ones. ones. Another funny one we mentioned last night. Uh, a villain named Codpiece. Yeah, who, who actually is a guy who uh, commits crimes by attaching various uh, devices to his codpiece? I mean, these are some of the outlandish characters. And I know you're running out and getting that edition. I know right? you yeah. have to get that <laughs> yeah. one, but you have those kinds of characters. But there's so many great villains. Uh, the ones that people recognize, you know, the Lex Luthers, uh, the Joker, Sinestro, Darkseid. Who is Sinestro? Sinestro is would be considered the uh, the main nemesis for uh, Green Lantern. So he is a former uh, a member of a peacekeeping corps, uh, the Green Lantern Corps, who basically they say, turned evil. Goes or, rogue? Goes rogue, uh, follows his own agenda, and is viewed by most people as a villain. If you ask the, the creators, uh, uh, the people who write the comic books, not like Jeff Johns, they view him kind of as, as a hero gone wrong, but he is still trying to do good in his own mind. That's one of the great things about villains is they don't see themselves typically as bad guys. They feel justified in what they do. And part of the thing in the documentary, we want to show that very fine line between good and bad. How, you know, it is shades of gray. Uh-huh. And how good can turn bad, and it's so often in just uh, your point of view. And does, Sorry,
4: I was going to add to that. Is that um, we also take a look at, the you know, and to use Scott's words in the way he wrote in the narration, is the ills and mores of society. And I think what you see in this is, if you do not necessarily follow the comic book lore, you can follow topics that deal with, you know, fears that we have. You know, bad things happening to us, bad things, you know, being portrayed by these characters, are really the fears that we have as a society. So it's it's as much as a reflection of what's going on in the world as it is a, a look
2: into what's going on in this world. I, and I think that must be where the resonance comes from because these these. Villains are giving face and sound and life to, you know, the fear of death, all the, all the fears that human beings have in just a really colorful, graphic way. Otherwise, how do you explain why it matters? Well, you if, know. If these were just silly stories that didn't resonate with some true aspect of human nature, I don't think people would be as passionate as I've seen people be here at my first Comic Con.
4: Well, I think. Um one of the interesting elements about it is that, you know, uh, Clancy Brown talks about the, in the documentary about the the idea of a supernatural force. We all think about it. You know, we all question as to whether there's other intelligent lifestyles out there. And if they are, are they the kind that would just come in here and annihilate us? Or are they the kind that would come and work with us? And so you kind of have that good and bad feeling is like, hey, some people would welcome extraterrestrials to come in give us some insight to how to be to live better most people worry that they're going to come down here like all the all the movies that are portrayed and try to kill us or
2: take us over so no, but don't you think what people's perception or thought of what the et's would be is more a reflection of their own individual absolutely. yeah and every bit of it is point well, of view
0: one nice thing about the villains uh in say comic books is it allows us to look at at our own fears you know again, like, whether it's fear of Fear of death, fear of loss, but you're able to have that one step away from reality where you're like, I'm not addressing something that's going on right here. It's one step removed. So you're able to look at it with, I guess, just a little bit of safety. Just like, kind of like, you know, if you're on a roller coaster. Why do people like being scared on a roller coaster? Well they're 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 living on the edge, they're dodging that. They're scared that fear and terrified of death, but, but they, they have know that bit of safety
2: that nothing bad's gonna right. happen to them. So
0: that allows them to really look at themselves and look at certain aspects they may not want to address normally with a little level of safety.
2: So what can you take from this fantasy world, this pretend world, and and, and bring into your real life and make it useful and utilitarian? Anything or is this just for fun?
0: Well, if you want to take over the world, this is actually a, a good
2: guy. Good blueprint, a, right? Yeah, good yeah, It's blueprint. A, roadmap, do it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a good <laughs> <laughs> J.M., if you were a supervillain, what would your superpower be and what would your plan to take over the world be? That's a great question, Mark. Mm.
4: Um, He's thinking about what costume he'd wear right now, actually. That's right. Well, well as, I, as, loose I, fitting. as I said last night, I, I like Luke's Le- Luke's Lethor. Wow, wow. Just it's too. early in the morning when we're Woo-hoo. doing this commentary. Uh, this interview, um, I like Lex Luthor because he's a human. Uh, he represents a lot of what we deal with in our society, which is corporate greed and you know money and how money can equate to power. Mm-hmm. And he has so much of it and so much power, and he's so intelligent that he basically can, you know, manipulate anything into the way he wants it to go. But I—he's the I, ultimate red state villain. Exactly. So
2: that's why you would want to be <laughs> he's him. The, he's the
4: ultimate CEO, <laughs> right? probably has six or seven private jets i piss on osha Uh, he's a what (laughs) workers comp get out minimum wage my bald testicles so i'm not doing any of that no but um but i think so you wouldn't want a superpower you just want to be the king i think i'd want to be invisible really the ability to be invisible that's weird that's what i was wishing (laughs) you'd be right I, i i i in my mind i'm not here it's just my voice great what about what about you scott Oh, gosh. This will be, be a well-thought-out answer. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, let me refer I to me the ask him first to 45 30. years of 45 waiting for questions. the question to be asked. Finally, here it is. someone gives me the opportunity. My life is now complete. And it's on the
0: Mark DiCarlo show. <laughs> uh, superpower, I would like the ability... Uh, to, re- dance. Yeah, to dance. To <laughs> dance, yes. To dance and like no one's watching. Um, <laughs> ability to uh, travel through time. Ah. And the idea of... I can try something. If it doesn't work, go back and do it again until you do get it right. That way... Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog yeah. Day for evil. That's right. That way no you know, no hero would ever be able to defeat you. Because you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to pull that Batarang trip. Go back in time and... And what except. would your
2: character name be and what would your costume look like? Well, a codpiece is taken, so... Uh, How about wow. sock and drawers? <laughs>
0: there you go. That would work. Something, you know, tight fitting, some nice colors, easily washable, you know, something maybe I don't have to uh, iron it, after to Oh, worry. yeah. Or at least have two of them so you can always have one in the cleaners. you <laughs> thinking, man. You've got to think ahead. Well you know that's the He's thing. not
2: the greatest supervillain, but he really always looks very he looks well put kept. together. Yeah. Yeah, focused men.
0: Right. Or use the time travel thing and just go back in time to before it was dirty and then bring it forward to the time. Save on cleaning costs. The wow. hell with
2: Groupon. Clearly, you two are the perfect guys to have written, directed, produced. Uh, Necessary Evil, the villains of DC Comics. When does it come out? How can people get it? Is there a website Mm -hmm. on the interweb? On the, on the internet, You know, it's a series of on tubes. On that computer thing. Yeah, so yes. we he- we heard that this morning. A series of uh, tubes.
0: Definitely check with uh, DC.com for uh, updates on the project. Yeah. Uh, we're currently scheduled to uh, street the Blu-ray and DVD on October 25th. Street? Is that some sort of... That's tech
4: talk. That's tech talk. Like, that's you know,
2: tech drop talk. In, yeah. Drops, drops. Drops on October, drops October on 25th. Okay. You, who's going to pick it up? What it are you comes it? out ah. on October
4: 25th. And also just on, in time for Christmas. Yes. Also, on, DC Comics is a series of stuff that uh, they've asked us to do. Which is called "Necessary Evil" and "Necessary Extras," and it is uh, some of the sequences that didn't make the final cut, uh, the sort of like deleted scenes. And they're going to roll those out, I think,
0: one a week. Oh, uh, my understanding is one a week, starting uh, in a week or so. So again, check with uh, DCComics.com. Wow.
2: So if case. you're a big fan of supervillains, if you're a big fan of DC, Com- and you know, to be honest, even if you're not a fan, uh, as I was not, of the whole comic book graphic novel Supervillain Universe I think you'll find it really interesting it's very entertaining uh, and a lot of really interesting insights and great artwork and uh, I think it's a great documentary good luck with it it's Thank called you. Necessary Evil the villains of DC Comics go to dc.com and get your copy on DC october 24th at oh, dccomics.com com. Um, thanks for having us down at the studio we love it here at the network it's you like great it? yeah he kids of course we're live from Comic-Con 213 Two thirteen or 2013. Whatever, man. You know what? Why don't you get invisible? Wraps up our Comic Con 2013 episode. What have we learned today, baby?
1: Uh, what do you mean? What have what have I learned?
2: What have you learned? I've learned that freaks this is my universe. have no I know shame it all. and they just walk freely and beautifully. All over San Diego in their Batman costumes, with their muffin tops and their bags full of stuff, no, and not all
1: of them are everyone bad.
2: mixes together, and it's a joyful, wonderful, weird event that everyone should experience once in their life. It's like it's like fighting a tiger in a cage, or doing the running of the bulls, or you eating.
1: have to do this once in your life. It's yeah. amazing.
2: Yeah. So we you had- might
1: discover your inner geek. <laughs>
2: Believe me, if you're ever going to discover it, this is the place. We want to thank Rob Paulson, J.M. and Scott from uh, Necessary Evil. We want to thank all our guests that were on the show today. Emmy-winning cartoon voice and all-around good guy Rob Paulson. And J.M. and Scott, the producers of Necessary Necessary Evil. The comics, what is it, the the supervillains of DC DC Comics. And all the folks that we saw here at Comic-Con that entertained us ridiculously through the week.
1: That so, was so much fun. I want to do it again.
2: We'll go next year. Yay! For the traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez, I'm Mark DiCarlo, and we'll see you at Comic Con. Well, or at a fork on the road. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>